Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. We are excited today. Our guest today is Randy Rubenstein, who is also a parenting coach and somebody Diane and I have had a chance to meet and are beginning to get to know better because we have so much synergy and there's so much collective energy that we all bring to the world. I think Um, when we met you the first time, I guess, on your podcast, it was just like, oh my gosh, we could talk to her all day long. (laughs) So we are so excited. speak the same language. And uh, one of the things you talk about in your your bio, and so I want to talk about is cycle breaking. But let's start by um, asking you to tell us a little bit about what you do with with parents and, um, and how you came to be doing this work. So, hi. Thanks for having hey. me. So hi. fun. To, I know it's so fun to be with you two again. I do. I feel like I'm like as a Jewish person, I feel like I've like traveled to Israel and, <laughs> and we've come I'm home. Like, I found my people. <laughs> so, I accidentally came to be doing this work. I work with parents that have a air quotes strong-willed kid and you know, the way I would define my son was I think there's like different varieties of strong-willed kids. And my son was kind of the confusing, puzzling type. He was, he held it together all day long for all the people. And then he came home, which y'all are probably familiar with the term, not so catchy term, after school restraint collapse. Um, He was collapsing. I read this article years ago and it was like after school restraint collapse. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's my kid. That's That's exactly what happens in my house. So yeah, from preschool on, I mean, I would be at those parent conferences and I'm like, do you notice? And they're like, he's great. Yeah. You're like, great parent, go have a nice life. And I was thinking- thanks. Okay. And then he would just come home and he was just, I was constantly, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was constantly trying to happy him up. And he just always seemed like he was in a pissed off mood. And frankly, he was born being sort of pissed off and kind of just never stopped. And it was just every single stage was just hard. Not, not like impossible, exhausting. And I am definitely (laughs) a glass is half full and, and I am definitely like, I want my people to be happy. And I didn't, you know, I mean, look, that's a lot of pressure to put on anyone. (laughs) If, you know, if I was exhausted and out of spoons and not having my best day, 
And all of a sudden there was someone constantly around me trying to push me and pressure me to put a smile on my face and be happy. Like, I think I'd be ready to combust. And, and so I didn't realize that's what I was doing to him until he was about seven. And when he was seven and I was just, I took a, I had taken a parenting class when he was three and I had another baby. I was, you know, reading, reading, reading all these books that my husband was like, what are you reading? And why do you look like you're cramming for a semester final? Like, <laughs> like, did you sign up for something? And I was like, Shh, just be quiet. I was I'm reading. Just, right. I'm, I'm reading busy here. I'm trying to do the work the of problem. parenting. Here, I'm learning right? something. <laughs> I crack the code and then my kid is going to be happy. And so, and so I read, I've been reading so many different things and taking programs and yada, yada. And at around seven, I remember he was just in a pissed off mood. He was in his room. Probably I'd sent him to his room mm-hmm. and I went in to sit down and, you know, have a chat. And he looked at me with so much anger on his face. And he just said, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm. And I said, of course, there's nothing wrong with you. You're beautiful. You're perfect. You're amazing. What do you, what do you mean? There's a, there, of course, there's nothing wrong with you. And he was just, it was like his way of saying, lady, I am on to you. I know Back you off. Are, right. right. Like, I know you Stop want to fix me. me. <laughs> I know you're, you're constantly trying to fix me. I know you think there's something wrong with me and it feels like shit. Yeah. And so this little seven-year-old Yoda, mm-hmm. you know, gave me the wake up call I needed. And I like to say that, you know, if I had had, cause I have two easy kids, And maybe they're easy because I had my difficult kid first. I'm not sure. I would say when I read a book when he was 10, I finally got my hands on the book that resonated. And it was The Highly Sensitive Child Mm -hmm. by Elaine Aaron. And when I read that book, I mean, he's 25 now. So this is a long time ago. But when I read that book, I was like, this is my kid. It all makes sense. Like I'm understanding more. And then I realized, oh. And my husband's also highly sensitive. And then I figured out that my daughter is a version of high sensitivity, not quite as much as her brother. So I started to understand that more. And he just, you know, if I had not been given a strong-willed kid and been forced to learn what I've been learning for the last 25 years and, and doing what I've been doing. And now, you know, it's, it's my, it's like, like you ladies, it's my life's work because I'm obsessed with it because it's changed my life, everything that I've been introduced to. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so I like to say these challenging kids, these strong-willed kids, these kids that are wired differently, who just are not gonna go along to get along with old school parenting tactics or a fear-based model, they call us to more. And that's what mine is for me. And I consider myself a successful cycle breaker in many respects. And I find that the parents that I help usually have deep down a desire to do things differently than they were done for them when they were growing up as well. So that's, yeah. Love that. My story. So many places to go. Where do there you are? <laughs> well, so so the here's what I want to speak to first because like I was going back to my and not my eldest, my youngest actually, my son, 
when he was maybe six, seven, eight, whatever it was, the same thing that like coming home and, and he would come home from school and it's like, and this happened and this happened, you know, and then I started getting some coach training and I realized that I needed to stop stopping it and start saying, and what What else? And what else? And what else? And what was amazing is once I let him get through the litany of all of the assaults and insults of his life and world and all of his How terrible it is everything that was wrong then it was like well this one and then he would flip into this different way of being mm-hmm. but what you're speaking to just resonates so much like i remember it so viscerally like having to learn to let him have his experience with what his day was and that rather than trying to stop it my job was to let him express it and process it so he could work through it. So, I mean, that concept mm-hmm. is the concept that is the one that I learn and unlearn and relearn. Right? <laughs> yep. That is the concept. That is the concept that makes me a recovering fixer who quite often relapses because I want a hear, I just want them to be happy and I need evidence that they're happy. And then when they're, you know, and I have a million terms for it, like when they're yeah. wet blanketing, when they're dead ending, when they're a constant, you know, the Alexander had the horrible blah, blah, blah day, like they're doing right. all that. All I want to do is try to convince them that it's really not that bad. And, <laughs> well, and then, so let's not make ourselves wrong for wanting our kids to be happy. I think it's the way we go about it. And I think that part of what ends up happening is that it's really hard to hear our kids say tough stuff. I mean, it's like a, a parent the other day, it's like their kid says, I hate myself. I'm so terrible. I can't believe. And we immediately go to, oh, but you're not, you're so oh, smart no, no. and look what you can do and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we're immediately discounting everything they just tried to share with us that breaks trust, which, you know, makes them feel potentially less healthy than they were feeling when they were trying to express themselves. I mean, there's this cycle we get into good meaning, you know, we're doing it for the right reasons, but it's, it's hard to watch our kids be unhappy is what you're describing. Well, and what you're saying, Diane, is that by doing that, we're not seeing them Mm, Yeah, and they're not feeling seen. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm hearing you describing, Randy, is, is shifting from my agenda of I want you to be happy to this agenda of who are you? Right. And who do you who need you me to be for you? Yeah. Right. And whatever your experience is, I just believe you. Right. Yeah. Like, like that to me is, I mean, that's what every, I just got the truth bumps because that's what every human wants, I think, is just. Yes unconditional, like that's unconditional love, you know, whether it's with a friend, you know, it's an adult relationships too. And I mean, I had a friend recently who is making some, she's going through a transition in her life. So she's making some choices that would, would, uh, invite a lot of judgment. And so she nicely said, she was, she was telling me about, you know, she's kind of catching me up. We hadn't talked in about a week and she was catching me up on some of her decisions that she might regret in the future. And she goes, Oh, I just wasn't ready to talk about it yet. I couldn't say it out loud. And, and I was like, why did you think I was going to judge you? And she was like, I don't know. I was like, my role as your friend, I'm just here to love you. Like you get to be a whole grown ass woman and make, all your own decisions. And I'm just here to love you and support you. I'm, I'm not here to judge you. 
Mm-hmm. And I honestly think I was thinking about this since then. And it's really the truth. I haven't always been that friend. Like there were so many years where I was like the big sister friend who was always telling other people, giving them the helpful tips. And I think I am now able to show up as that truly, you know, non-judgmental, unconditionally loving friend, because I've had this training with my kids, Mm -hmm. right? Because, because constantly show, you know, practicing this skill and relearning this skill. What does it look like to just receive the people that you love and to see them and believe them and not to try and change them and fix them? Right. Well, and and the the question is coming up because I know several of you are asking this is like this sort of, we do want to guide our kids. And how do you do that from a place of non-judgment rather than from a place of uh, trying to fix? I mean, I would say that we have, you know, it's like people are so capable and especially kids are so incredibly capable. And when, you know, when we can just like, like just find our superpowers, which it's difficult to quell our own anxiety and just, it's that pause. It's just, they tell you, it's just exactly, you know, what you said about when they're complaining and complaining and complaining. And you're just like, yeah, Ooh, that blows. Tell me more. Yeah, Yeah, bummer, man. And then that happened. Wait, what? Really? Oh my gosh, as if it couldn't get any worse. And we're just hearing them and we're just pausing and we're not trying to tell them what to do. It's like that. Or feel. Right. Or feel. That pause, which is so incredibly hard because our anxiety is bubbling up, right? In that moment. So when we just just don't give into the anxiety and we just allow them before you know it. And I've seen this time and time again with my own kids before you know it, because they're humans and because they don't want to stay in that feeling of, you know, terribleness, they start to come up with their own solutions. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they start to get, and they're like, well, actually, you know what? It wasn't as bad as I just said, this other thing happened. And then you're like finding out more to the story. And then before you know it, they're solving their own problem. And you're over here saying, okay, that's amazing. You totally, you've got this. I believe in you. And now you have a kid that's got agency over their lives. Right. Right. So you are teaching them. I love this. I had this great example of this recently with my son who called and he said, I want your advice. And after 30 seconds of me going, wait, did he just ask me for advice? He's never asked me for advice. Is that, did he use the A word? You know, I guess he's 23, by the way, 22. I I get very centered on, I'm like, okay, what do you need? And we have this great conversation. And really it was very clear. He wasn't looking for my advice. He was looking for feedback and a sounding board. And, and so when he was done, I was like, it doesn't sound like you're looking for advice. It sounds like you're looking for feedback. And this is what I think. And he's like, you're right. But thank you. That was really helpful. You know what was really helpful? I didn't do anything. <laughs> I just listened. Right. And so one of the things you said a few minutes ago, and, and we're going to take a quick break. And then I want to come back and ask you about what you said about relearning this skill again and again. So we're going to take a quick pause and we'll be right back. Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or a professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. 
So one of the things you said earlier that I loved was, and you've said this twice in this conversation, is that, you know, I, I kind of get this stuff and then I lose it. And then I get this stuff and then I lose it. And I relearn this skill again and again. So will you speak a little bit to that human experience of actually, you know, learning and recovering and learning again? I think, I think it's loaded Right. I think Mm -hmm. quite often, you know, it's hard to look back and look when you know that you did it wrong. This is and I think for many of us, look, if anybody's, you know, I'm sure you are familiar with Carol Dweck's work. And so it's fixed mindset. Right. If I was raised in fixed mindset, it wasn't safe to make mistakes. It wasn't safe to look emotionally safe, to look at, hmm, damn, I made that same mistake again. That didn't work the way I thought it should. Right. Like, okay. Like having the courage to look at a situation that you just screwed up, even though you're saying to yourself, oh, why do I keep doing this? I know better. I teach this stuff. I coach other parents. I'm a fraud. You know? Right. <laughs> no, right? I never do that. Right. I mean, it's like it's like that negative voice in mm-hmm. your head will prevent you from from looking at it. So when you can have the courage to be like, all right, and I'm human, right? Like, like I'm sorry retraining your brain. It's like learning a foreign language as an adult or learning how to ski as an adult. It's freaking hard. And so, of course, I keep falling back into old patterns because this is a skill that I've been practicing for 10, 15 years, but I had many more decades of practicing the old way. And so, okay, yeah. I wonder why I fell into the old pattern. What triggered me? And so I bring some curiosity and I, you know, and and I show up and I'm brave and I look at it. And when I can bring even just, a, and this is something that I teach is when you can look at a situation that you know you got wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you're beating yourself up because you know you know better and you're right. not doing better, <laughs> right? Damn it, Maya Angelou with that freaking quote. Like, right. Yeah, I know better. And guess what? I'm not doing better. So now I feel like even right now I feel worse. (laughs) So so when you can just say, hmm, even if you can just put that in your brain, hmm, hmm, hmm. and there's a breath that kind of happens. There's a little bit of a grounding that even happens from the hmm, that is a curious sound. And so the hmm makes me say, hmm, why don't I just do that? I'm not, you know, and it's like, I'm not ready to look at it yet because there's a whole shame spot. Okay. I'm not ready to look at it yet, but I'm going to journal on this. I know I'm going to journal on this. I know there's something to figure out. I know that I fell back into an old pattern because there was something else that I must've been feeling anxious about. And so I just really try to bring some curiosity. And even if I'm not ready to revisit it now in this moment, cause it's too fresh, it's kind of like my daughter used to, and still like if something goes sideways with us and then I, you know, I have a productive conversation with her and, and we kind of start coming back together and, and she's forgiven me. I'll like go in for the hug and I see her stiffen up and I'll say too soon. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm repelling you right now. She's like, 
kind of, I was like, okay, it's cool. <laughs> too soon. Gotcha. So, yeah. So if it's too soon to revisit it, like give yourself some space and just Beautiful. like, no, like I know there was a reason why I fell back into that old pattern. And I'm going to look at that a little more closely. Well, and sometimes it's really simple because when we get dysregulated, we fall into the old patterns. It's yes. like, we don't have access to the part of our brain that goes, oh, wait, I'm doing it different now. We go back into that old habit. And remember, we started with, we're doing this thing because we want our kid to be happier. We're doing this thing because we we want the best for our kid. I mean, our heart is in the right place. And so it's hard not to fall back into that pattern. As humans, it's what we're going to do probably over and over and over again. And so I just want to bring that in that it's not yeah. one day you're going to wake up and suddenly you're never going to do it again. Yeah. News here, you might, and it's okay. And you said that at the beginning or earlier, it's like over and over and over again, I'm, I'm relearning this stuff. That's yeah. right. That's right. It's almost like the practices in forgiving yourself. Because, oh, right, because you are uh, almost I mean, uh, <laughs> never, you're, you're going to, because the thing is, is, I love that you just said that about the dysregulation. Guess what happens when, you know, you start to go through menopause, you yes. start to you're dysregulate it all the time. Yes, all the time. I'm like, what is happening? And why am I up in the middle of the night for so long? And, what's right. not, you know, and so, so when I'm not getting a great night of sleep, guess what? I'm spending the next day a little dysregulated or dysregulated more often than not. So I'm going to fall back. Yes. Like we get to be messy humans. It's just part of the experience for all of us. What a nice gift to give your kids too. It's like what you were describing with your daughter. It's the sort of, you can say, you know what? Totally had a dysregulated day yesterday. Can we have a do-over or can I, you know, can I get your help on this or whatever it is to kind of really engage our kids and letting them know that this is part of human experience and we're in the middle of it. Well, I love that line, what you just said, we get to be messy humans, right? We often say, you know, permission to be human is granted for Mm. you, right? We get to be messy humans. And that may be what this is all about, you know, is that when we can allow ourselves to be messy, then we can be present to them and they don't feel like they have to be perfect. Right. And they get to learn how to, you know, follow through. Well, well, it's they, like the, yeah. both of those things, right? It's sort of, right. we get to be messy. And then going back to Amanda, your original conversation about your son, it's this sort of, you had a hard time letting him be messy yeah. and you were trying to fix it all the time, right? So it's it's about That's both right. of us. Yeah, That's right. Him being messy felt like evidence that I wasn't doing it differently. Or right. Or right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was going to be, my kids were going to have such a happier childhood than I. I don't think I realized this in a conscious way, but every time <laughs> this poor little kid was just exhausted from a day at school and in a pissed off mood and whatever it was, or his tag was itching him so badly and he could feel it. And, you know, it was like all this pressure, like you need to be evidence that I am keeping my promise to myself and I'm giving my children a happier childhood than I had. Like it was, it was so much pressure and I didn't know this consciously. So I have a ton of grace for myself from that period of time, but yeah, it's like, you know what I like to say? Like, think about people that aren't messy, like don't like, or just like, even just like super neat freak people or people. Is there anybody who's really not messy, Brandy? Come on. No, 
No, but would the people who like, you know, just seem like they're always together and they have it all figured out and everything's perfect. And I'm just like, no offense, but like, you're kind of like, you're not that interesting to me. I like Cassie. <laughs> not that fun to be around. I know. <laughs> you're not my people. Sorry. You're not my no. people. I like a little mess. I mean, I, you know, it's just like, it's all too, a little too vanilla. And I, yeah, I just, I'm like, do we want to watch a movie or read a book about a perfect human who was like, I was born, my life was wonderful. And then I died. Like, that's just not a story. You know, the human experience is messy and it's supposed to be. Mm. So we want to start wrapping up. I mean, I, we could talk to you all we day. Don't really this want is just to, but amazing. We <laughs> but um, so if people want to connect with you, which I know a lot of these folks do, what's the best way to connect with you? Well, since I already know your podcast listeners, I also have a podcast and it's called the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. And I think we'll include a link somewhere yep. here. And I would love for you to put my podcast in your queue as well and, and listen up. Awesome. We'll have other information in terms of website and all of that in the show notes as well. Great. So we do want to start wrapping up this conversation. What do you want to share with our listeners to wrap this up? Is there something new we haven't talked about? You want to make sure that we speak to today, or is there another a message we've given that you really want to hone in on? Where do you want to wrap up your role here today? You know, place? something that I've been talking about recently, actually with my own coach, is just the tremendous pressure that parents and specifically women, moms are under that I've been describing it as like, we're, it's like, we're, we're human tea kettles. Mm -hmm. And when you're raising a child that is wired differently or, or highly sensitive or strong-willed like this, the population of parents that are listening to your podcast or my podcast, it is harder. It is, it is harder and the pressure is tremendous and it's layered and it's complicated. And I want to say, if I could go back to younger me, if there was any way I could say to her, sort of like I did to my friend, like, like, I got you. I'm just here to love you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to love you and believe in you as a grown ass woman. And you don't have to be perfect. You're allowed to be messy. And I would love for the listeners to, to take that away and just to know, like, we see you and you're amazing. And we know that because guess what? If you weren't amazing, you wouldn't be the kind of parent that listens to you like Exactly. <laughs> you'd be doing anything else. You'd be watching Netflix. You'd be watching uh, the last season of The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Uh, well, wait a second. I'm watching the last season of Marvelous Miss Maisel. So. Yeah, but... But not well, at the you, moment that you're podcasting. Not, yeah, no, you're right. at the moment that you're doing this. First of all, I'm watching The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and I have to say, it's so good. The first season was great, and then to me, it got progressively worse. And now, this it's, is this last one is as good as the first season. Okay, so okay, good. segue yeah, back. <laughs> so I hear that we see you, and you're amazing, and that's yeah. that acknowledgement that what we all want you guys to hear is that we have this tendency to, to see when our kids are doing well, we acknowledge them for it. And when our kids are struggling, we, bl we blame ourselves for it. Mm. And so there's something here about acknowledging what you're doing 
that's helping your kids struggle and be well with it and vice versa, right? Like you're on your journey, being with them on their journey. And if you're here and you're listening, chances are you're doing something right, you know? A lot. You're doing yeah. a lot. You're doing a lot right. Yeah. And you do deserve, <laughs> since you listen to things like this, you do deserve to go and relax and watch a show and do something for you because the pressure is intense. Yeah. And right. we just want to say like, like we are here and we see you and we love you. And, you know, most likely you're not hearing that enough. It's so, so true. It's so true. Thank you, Randy. That's amazing. What? So we've talked about so many different things, but the last thing we like to close our guests with is a quote or a motto that you love that you want to leave our audience with. Well, I have a lot, you know, that my, the members of my community quite often repeat back to me the things that they hear me repeating quite often. And one of the things that many of them, their kids have even like put up in their rooms is the mantra, calm people, solve problems. Oh, I love that a lot. And, And the thing is, is that that mantra, the last thing I want is for anyone to feel the pressure to be the calm person all the time. And also we, you know, when our kids are dysregulated, when yeah. we're dysregulated, it's an easy to grab mantra for we're going to just take a pause here and come back together because only calm people solve problems. So we're not getting anywhere right now. So it's like a good way to take sort of like a time out from each other. Calm Beautiful. people solve problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. We talk a lot about commit to calm, right? Because it's process. It's not a, it's you're not always going to be there. Right. So, you're, I mean, it's impossible to be, and, right. and nobody in the history of calming down ever calmed down from being told to calm told down. To calm down. Okay. Exactly. I say that. <laughs> both have said that this week. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Uh, it was beautiful. So. All right, my friends, this was lovely as we knew it would be. Randy, thank you for being with us and thank you for the beautiful work you're doing in the world. Um, it's, it's been great to find you, meet you, find a a fellow traveler on this fascinating journey. And we really appreciate knowing you and are excited to play more as we all move forward in the future. So excited. Okay. Thanks so much for having me. A truly a pleasure to, to those of you listening, take a minute. What's your insight from today? What are you taking away from this conversation with Randy? We've talked a lot about, you know, we ended with calm people, but we talked about, you know, being a cycle breaker in so many different ways and, and the experience of unconditional love and listening and seeing people where they where they are. What's the insight or, t- or, or awareness? What's the aha that you're taking away from this conversation? And how do you want to bring it forward with you into your week? What do you want to do with this information moving forward? And for all of those of you who are listening, thank you for everything that you're doing for yourself and for your kids. At the end of the day, you make the difference. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.